The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Human design is a system that offers profound insights into your inner self and how you interact with the world around you. Quantum human design takes that process one step further, allowing you to become the architect of your own reality. Join Dr. Karen Curry for Elevating Your Life Script, a weekend workshop where you transform your life by crafting intentional narratives, May 24th through 26th at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Fascinating interviews and compelling conversations. Be present. The Diane Ray Show. Welcome to the conversation today. I'm so glad you can join me. And think of these conversations as kind of eavesdropping, but you're allowed. (laughs) So I hope you're enjoying these conversations that I'm having on the podcast as much as I'm enjoying talking to all of these fascinating people. So today we're going to delve into the world of dreams. And some people might dismiss dreams as just ephemeral, just poof, like passing thoughts or the brain's way of clearing out the thoughts of the day. And other people look to dreams for guidance or ways to connect with spirit or the divine. There are many famous dreamers throughout history and many different cultures. Of course, Joseph in the Bible interpreting the Pharaoh's dream, for example, Also, Shakespeare mentioned dreams a lot in many of his plays, like the magician Prospero in The Tempest. We are such stuff as dreams are made on, and our little life is rounded with a sleep. I love that one. So we're going to dive into dreams today, and my guest is Machio Clerk. And Machio, please tell me if I said your name right. It's uh, what most people say. It's a Dutch name. In Dutch, it's Machiel. I know it's a little bit difficult to pronounce, so how you say it, great. Machiel? Machiel? Fantastic. Close. Okay. I wanted to get that out of the way first before I mangled your name for the rest of our conversation. But Machiel loves to help people realize their dreams, and he's written a fascinating book about working with the dream world called Dream Guidance, Connecting to the Soul Through Dream Incubation. I've been spending some time with the book And I'm really enjoying it. And I'm really interested in talking about this because I've been keeping a dream log off and on for years. And I always look to my dreams for signs or guidance. And I also look to my dreams to connect with loved ones who have passed away. So I've had limited success with both of those things. So I I really want to get his expertise on this. So I want to talk with him about his process that he shares in the book for connecting and finding guidance in our dreams. And Machiel is also a social entrepreneur, a licensed mental health therapist, international speaker, dream worker, and published author. So I'm really happy to welcome him to the conversation today. Thanks for joining me. Thank you, Diane. I'm so happy to be here and I have been looking forward to our conversation. Yeah, I'm excited about this because I love talking about dreams. So how long have you been interested in dreams and dream interpretation? Because you've been doing this work for a while now, right? Yes, uh, more than 25 years. In my uh, 
when I was about 20 years, I was in, I was stuck in my life and uh, I didn't know what to do with it. I hadn't dealt well with the loss of my father who died when I was 10 and that had accumulated in, in unresolved grief, lack of purpose. And by some uh, fortunate chance, I stumbled upon the works of Carl Jung. And that uh, really opened the door to the world of dream. And a flood of dreams came that reconnected me to a sense of purpose and reconnected me to my uh, father. And since then, I've been paying attention to dreams because they have been ongoingly been a great support on my uh, life journey. I'm deeply indebted to, uh, to the world of dream and its inhabitants. And it was actually through your study of Carl Jung's work that you started a whole organization, right, called the Jung Platform that provides programs for personal development from a soul-centered perspective. And this whole thing came about from a dream that you had. In, I indeed. thought that was, that was pretty cool. Yes, I had an, uh, I will sell the dream very quickly. It's uh, I, In the dream, I'm floating above the Lake of Zurich and I see Carl Jung's house. And his house is uh, at the lake, and there's a yard and a dock. And then he's building a concrete square platform to the to the yard, in the water, to the dock. And then he is uh, working on it and uh, rearranging some beams. And, on, and I'm still looking at it, and the whole scene comes to a kind of a standstill. And then Jung and the platform disappear. And a voice behind me says... Now you have to draw it identical to how it was. And I'm a bit startled and I uh, think I can draw, find myself with a pencil in my hand, make a line, it's more straight than I thought I could. And then I wake up and I took that as a suggestion to build a platform for Jungian psychology and psychologies in the tradition of Jung. Uh, any psychology that takes into account an other world, a spiritual world, our, our purpose and meaning oriented. And uh, initially I founded a non-profit in, uh, in Utah, then the for-profit uh, Jung platform. And that was a, a spontaneous, helpful dream that became uh, my main uh, vocational dream in life. That's incredible that everything sprang from that, you know, from that idea that you had in the dream. I love that. Now, I want to just jump right into this concept of dream incubation that you go into in the book. And it's basically, I guess, the process of asking your dream a question before you go to sleep to get a useful response. I mean, there it's it's more involved than that, but but that's kind of the the basic premise of it. So I I find myself doing this a lot where I'll ask a question or hope for some kind of response through a dream, but I think I'm doing it wrong. So the concept of, of dream incubation, this is something that has been done for a long time. Is that right? Or been studied yeah. for a while? Yes, and you're, you're totally correct. The, the basic notion is you can ask your dream before you go to bed for a helpful dream. And this has been done throughout history in many traditions, shamanic traditions, Hinduism, Buddhism, African traditions, in which people consulted the dream or the awareness in the dream for help on their life journey. And I have uh, explored all these traditions and tested in myself and figured out a simple five-step process on, on how to effectively do this. And I think if we uh, would apply it to, uh, to what you do, you will see that it's just a couple of tweaks here and there 
that, uh, that then make it uh, a successful uh, endeavor. I really want to do this. So I'm excited that we get to talk about it. And for, um, for specific questions, like when I try to ask for a visitation or someone to visit me that has passed or something like that, yeah. what, what do you think about that? Is that silly? No, not not at all. I think that uh, those belong to the most uh, important and, and mean, most meaningful uh, questions a person can ask. And uh, it, also in my own life, the reconnection with the deceased uh, ancestors have been uh, essential. So you could ask for, uh, please dream, I would like to uh, meet a dad or grandfather or grandma or husband or wife or whoever and uh, sometimes the dream will will do that but also uh, sometimes that question is uh, is a jump too too fast forward uh, you, you could start there and if the dream then doesn't do that then I, I, I think there must be a reason that the dream is not uh, not not going there then you could ask uh, the question for example let's say grandfather a grandfather, do you have something to tell me? And then you would get a dream uh, that would lay out a certain story or a certain experience that grandpa wants to communicate with you. And the dream seems to almost always uh, be willing to answer that. And where it doesn't always bring uh, a deceived loved one into our dream just uh, by us asking, it happens, but not as as frequent as just slightly changing the question to grandpa, how is it on the other side? Grandpa, do you have anything to tell me? Um, and make it an open question so that grandpa can just say whatever he wants to share. I guess historically it would be a shaman or a, a spiritual figure in a group that would be able to do this process, but you're telling us how to do it ourselves, which is great. So we don't need to be a shaman or have any kind of uh, affiliation with anything, right? Like we can do this. Uh, correct. We, uh, uh, we all dream. We all have a connection to the world of dream and its inhabitants. And these inhabitants, uh, among others, are the deceased. They, they, they uh, do live in the world of dream. And um, so we can all visit them. And the, the shaman traditionally has... Uh, a higher ability or likelihood to have uh, these dreams and spontaneously have these dreams. But we all have an internal shaman that uh, will work on our behalf at night. I like that, the internal shaman. Because would you say that we're really getting in touch with our own higher self for this information? Not so much like an outer spirit or, you know figure from our past but is it really our higher self yes but i would i would uh, take the higher self also on a continuum that that our higher self is in a continuum also the higher self of everyone so we all have a higher self but the higher self or the larger awareness oh. that we all share and i think um is uh what what, what i think that the dreams show is that this larger awareness is interested in helping and educating. And so it, uh, if you reach out with some meaningful question, it will, uh, it will answer us in our dreams. 
Human Design is a system that offers profound insights into your inner self and how you interact with the world around you. Quantum Human Design takes that process one step further, allowing you to become the architect of your own reality. Join Dr. Karen Curry for Elevating Your Life Script, a weekend workshop where you transform your life by crafting intentional narratives, May 24th through 26th at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. So we're tapping into the higher self of the collective, like Jung talked about the collective consciousness. Yes, yes. And I think that uh, uh, just as a wave on the ocean, we, we might be the wave, but uh, it's at the same time connected to the ocean and, and it is of the same substance. So the wave is not different than the ocean. And our own higher self might be the wave and the larger self is uh, the ocean. Right. Oh, I like that analogy. That makes sense. So a lot of people might say if they're listening to this, well, I never remember my dreams, so mm-hmm. forget it. They'll disregard it. My, my husband is one of those people. He, he says he never remembers anything. Yeah. And I remember segments of dreams. Sometimes it's not chronological, like it'll mm-hmm. be pieces. Mm-hmm. And I remember conversations like pe- I'll talk to people in the dream and they might be total strangers or I won't see their face. I just think it's interesting how people dream so differently. He says he doesn't remember anything, but what are some ways that we can work on better recall that we can remember our dreams? Yeah, it's a great question. And and I also like how you actually phrased it, that uh, your husband doesn't remember his dream because all the research, scientific research shows that we dream uh, probably between four and seven dreams at night that we have about two, at least two hours of active dreaming, but we don't remember it because our short-term memory uh, goes offline, is inactive. And of course, you need your short-term memory to have it stored in your memory. So we all have dreams every night, but we don't really remember it. And what it shows is if we want to remember them, is that we just need to start paying attention. So get get a dream journal, and a pen. And then before you go to bed, just express the intent and tell the dream, dream, uh, I know we haven't been much in touch recently, actually for a long time, but I would love to remember a dream. And if you come tonight, I will promise you tomorrow morning, first thing, I will write you down. And then uh, you express that intent, you sleep and the next morning, you need to follow up with that because Dreams do indeed have the ten- tendency to uh, evaporate very quickly. So you write it down. And then uh, uh, the dream recall gets uh, gets sparked again. It, it is as if it is uh, relational. You turn towards the dream. The dream turns towards you. And the more you, uh, you follow up also on its advice, the more advice and the more helpful advice you get. And this is... Uh, a common uh, uh, experience also in all cultures that report similar uh, similar uh, experiences. So writing it down, and that that's so true, because I notice when I do get in the habit of writing it down, even a few sentences, if that's all I can remember, mm-hmm. I'll just write that down. And your recall does improve over time the more you do that. And what would you say to remember a feeling that you get from a dream? Because sometimes I might not remember the details, Mm -hmm. but I'll remember, 
oh, that freaked me out or <laughs> that made right. me happy. Right. You know, the yes. feeling. A, a, a feeling also, write it down and be a bit specific in it. Like, oh, I, uh, was, uh, I, I, I don't remember the dream, but I'm freaked out. And I can feel the freaked outness uh, in my chest and in my throat. And uh, it's a bit constricting and the temperature is slightly cold. And then you just write that. And, uh, and that in itself is a turning towards the dream. And then the dream will turn towards you. Because uh, just like you, uh, you mentioned, I sometimes fall out of the habit of writing them down. And then I pick up the habit and uh, there they come again. Even if a, a snippet is a dream and uh, I'm walking in the supermarket. All right, write it down. And then it, uh, then it starts uh, flowing again. Yes. No, I've, I've done that before where I'll, I'll get off the horse for a while and I'll forget. Yeah. And then I'll, I'll, I'll grab my, my journal or pad of paper. I'm like, I have to write that down. That's just too crazy. I have to remember it. So that's a good habit to get into. Now, something specific in the book that was really interesting to me that I wanted to explore is the chapter where you in- introduce us to what's called the diamond, the genius, or the dream guide. I'm sure a lot of people want to hear about this because it's just, it's fascinating. So the, the diamond is a guide that's there for us that can communicate in the dream state. Yeah. Well, I really want to make contact with, with this, this diamond. Of, of course, of course. And uh, the good news is the diamond wants that too. The uh, old idea is that uh, we all come into the world with a diamond or uh, in the Roman tradition, it's called uh, the genius which comes from the North African word genie and refers to the spirit that stands next to you, the spirit that's already there. In uh, other African traditions, it's called the divine twin. Some might refer to as the soul. But this diamond is a figure that is the embodiment of your talents and at the same time is a guide that will help you realize your talent. So it comes with you in the world to make sure that you stay on your path and that you, uh, when you're connected to it, you will start feeling in the flow and then you know you're, you're actually connected to your diamond and then uh, uh, you'll, you can live it out and uh, life becomes better. The old Greek word for happiness uh, is also eudaimonia, which means when you and your diamond are seen together and that would, uh, that would be constituting of happiness or flourishing. So that figure uh, is uh, with us. Sometimes people call it also a spirit guide. But this diamond uh, is with us and it shows up in the dream. But because we might not recognize it's, uh, it's, uh, how it looks like, it will sometimes show up, show up as a, a, a hero or a, a specific teacher or it is like uh, Yoda in, uh, in Star Wars. And a character that has something of those qualities that uh, that represents uh, greater insight and and specific uh, abilities, and then that might be that might very well be our diamond, and then we can start uh, relating to it, and and uh, also a lot of dream work has to do with uh, uh, talking to the diamond and and bringing the diamond into your day to day life. And the best way to do that would be, you know, not to get frustrated and, and lose patience, but over time 
to ask for the diamond to reveal itself in the yes. dream. Like, I want to meet you. I think that's what I have to do. I'm going to try that tonight. I'm, I'm going to say, I want to meet you. You know, can you give me, you know, some kind of a sign or something like that? And and I was thinking about this before we talk, because maybe I am getting signs and I'm just mm-hmm. not aware or paying attention to what that sign is. So I want to be, should I be specific in, in communicating with the diamond? Yes, like, show that, me this. That, that, Two, two elements to what you say is one is the signs that we get in day-to-day life and and the dream and the, the dream is a world we find ourselves in but that world doesn't disappear when we open our eyes it continues to be there it's a coexisting stream of consciousness or reality and the diamond is also present right now and, uh, and, and tries to communicate through feelings, intuitions, synchronicities, signs. And if we pay attention to it, we, we will learn from it and about it. The other part is, uh, and there's a big part of the, of the success of, the, of this technique also lies in the question. So you could ask a question as, I would like to meet you, Diamond. That might, uh, that might work. If that doesn't work in that specific way, you could say, Diamond, what uh, uh, would you like me to focus upon right now? Because it might uh, have an, a suggestion for your life path, an instruction. And if you focus on maybe it tells, uh, think about uh, uh, setting boundaries or go out uh, more or uh, sleep better or think about your health or whatever uh life theme there might be that it wants you to think about and you ask what do you want me to focus on and you focus on that by which the diamond knows hey you're listening to me and then you could ask a follow-up question uh diamond do you have another message for me and then and then you uh start then you're first interested in what it has to say and then you will slowly start seeing that this character will come in your dreams, and uh, um, and and the diamond might 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 look like uh, some regular person to you, so you might not even recognize it if it just shows up. So the question is very important. That's that's yeah. interesting. The other thing I thought uh, that was interesting about the concept of the diamond is that it is. It seems it's a little different from how I've heard a spirit guide or like guardian angel described in that the diamond could be a temporary visitation or source of information. Like it's not necessarily with you your whole life. No, the, uh, the, the old idea is that there's one or two that are probably allocated for your whole life journey. And then there are others that come uh, just to assist you for maybe uh, you, you uh, start a business and then, Someone on the other side knows how to start business and thinks, come, let me help Diane uh, with this uh, puzzle she's in. So they, they come in for temporary life challenges, but not challenges that really below, are not recurring challenges in your life. And so you might have a diamond that comes by for, uh, for, for, for a short period. No, I, I think that's interesting. I like that. They just kind of come in, help you out, and then maybe another one will come in. So you did mention that the questions or the type of question is important. And there's three types. There's a prognostic, 
question, which I guess you're asking to tell me the future, right? Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. Uh, prescriptive and, and then request. And what, what would a prescriptive question be? Um, it's an, uh, 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 where you almost like you go to the doctor and you want to have a prescription. So what, uh, what is one type of food that would uh, be healthy for me to eat? And I've, uh, I've done this in, in dream groups as experiments with which questions work well. As for example, if people listen to this, it's a question that triggers a high positive response. And people would get, uh, I remember one woman, she had literally the dream uh, in which a radio announcer shouted out, uh, searching for fish restaurants with great fish. And she thought, gosh, I just need to eat more good fish. And uh, But uh, that those would be prescriptive questions. Uh, where you want, uh, what can I do to uh, to be more healthy? How can I uh, uh, love myself more deeply? Then you get a prescription from the inner doctor. Got it. Okay. And then request, obviously, is uh, some kind of re- request that you're asking for an answer to. So I'm well, curious well, about... To, to jump in there is, for example, what you uh, mentioned before, uh, I would love to meet my spirit guide. I would love to meet uh, my deceased uh, grandfather or loved one. Those would be requests. Right, right. And, uh, yeah, and, and you can always ask it because that's also uh, the dream might not always give it because it thinks it's not the right time or it has an intelligence that is larger than us for some reason. Uh, it's not necessary or you've just seen your grandfather and you think, well, uh, work first on that and then we'll come back again. Um, so, uh, the dream doesn't mind if you ask a question, but the request is, uh, is an experience, but I know that once I was a bit depressed and I asked, oh, dream, I've been uh, so uh, bogged down the last couple of months. I would love to feel free and light in the dream. And I had just a marvelous, uh, f- dream that felt, uh, light that lasted for a little bit. And then the depressive sense came back because I just had to work through that. But that would be another form of a request. I know sometimes if I'm making a a request or thinking about that before I go to sleep, that there's a lot of sometimes pleading or begging going on, like, please, please, please. I don't know if that, that probably doesn't help much, right? No, it's... uh, (laughs) I didn't think uh, so. But what does help is spending time. So creating a ritual it's really treated as if you would be visiting a wise, uh, friendly counselor. And so you wouldn't uh, storm into his office and say, hey, I need to have an uh, answer to this. You would uh, go there, uh, prepare, and uh, in, in dream work it is uh, create a ritual, uh, light a candle, write a little letter, make a drawing, tell uh, the dream uh, that you would like uh, X, Y, and C. And... Uh, and and, and spend some time on it and put your heart in it. Those are ingredients that, uh, uh, together with the right question, are vital to uh, the outcome of, uh, of the dream response. And in the book, you go into much greater detail in you know, the questions to ask and the ritual process that you share, which is in four phases based on the Greek tradition. And I had never heard of this. Asclepius was yeah. uh, the Greek philosopher or, or teacher that really 
you know, delved into dream work. And that's what you based the ritual that you share in the book on, right? Yes. So it was a mythological uh, character uh, that might have lived or not lived and later on become a godlike status. And and then it became, it was turned into a god. And people uh, 500 before Christ or 500 after Christ, there were about 300 temples in, in Greece and Turkey where people would travel towards to find healing. And so I, I looked at uh, the, the preparation phase, the pilgrimage phase, traveling to the, to the temple and being at the temple and preparing with special food and, and meditation, then sleep in the, in the temple uh, as uh, phase three. And then phase four is the follow-up of the, on the work, on the dream that you got. And uh, that is an, uh, it's in a nutshell we can take those steps and just translate back to our own life. If we think, oh, tonight or maybe tomorrow I have time, I'm going to ask a question. Then between now and tomorrow evening is our pilgrimage phase. And so we maybe we take some time when we walk outside and we find a little object that uh, uh, is symbolically connected to the question. And then tonight uh, I spent again some time and spent a little bit of time here and there indicating to the larger awareness that this is meaningful and we would love to have an, an answer to our question. And then uh, a helpful dream will come. And that happens to a, a lot of the people that you've worked with, right? And that have taken, that you've taken them through this process and you've seen really great results. Yes, I've uh, seen uh, fantastic results, uh, mind-blowing uh, answers that uh, uh, were very specific. And there was some research even at Harvard where they tested this in, an, uh, in a more scientific environment. And they saw that questions that had to do with either me- from medical nature or were emotionally relevant to a person's life path, did have very high uh, responses and very understandable responses to their, uh, to their question. Questions that don't have to do with our life, like, uh, what did my neighbor have uh, for dinner? Yeah, your dream is not, uh, your diamond doesn't think, gosh, yeah, I should uh, tell Diane about that. But uh, if you right. would say, how can I be more loving? Uh, your spirit will, uh, will be uh, excited and say, well, this is a way to be more loving. And, uh, and so that, that works really well. But if people try it tonight and it doesn't work, I, w- I would encourage them, don't stop too quickly. Uh, sometimes the, the dream comes with new information that is a bit alien to, uh, to your thinking because you've tried to figure it out. You couldn't figure it out. Now they come with a different solution. So puzzle on it a little bit. Keep it with you throughout the day. Uh, if it really, uh, you really don't figure it out, ask again, but change your question a little bit, maybe make sure that it, uh, like like with uh, with the deceased ancestor, if they don't show up, maybe you ask, do you have anything to tell me? Then maybe they don't come, but you, you get an answer of something that they want to share with you. And, uh, and always read the dream as a response to your question. So be a radical that way. And, and maybe the, the ancestor, they don't have an answer, so you're not going to get it, right? Maybe they just don't have an answer to the question. <laughs> I'm just, I'm thinking of the one time I've had or I had a very clear 
visitation that I interpreted as a, as a visitation happened spontaneously. I didn't really Mm -hmm. ask. Um, and it was my mother and the, the situation was we were in a bar and I asked her a question. I said, what, it was like a cheese plate. And I said, well, what kind of cheese do you like? And she goes, Oh, well, I like this kind, hun. Like the way she said it was how she would talk to me. Yeah. And we were like in a, just sitting in a wine bar you know, having a good time. And it was just that little, that little flash of a, of a scene in the Mm -hmm. dream. And then I woke up thinking, why am I dreaming about cheese? That's, this is ridiculous. Why would she say that? But I was very emotional when I woke up, like it was a totally different dream from any other regular dream that you have. Yeah. Just processing stuff during the day. I really felt like she was visiting me. Maybe she's eating cheese wherever she is. But it was a spontaneous one. And every time I've asked her to come back or to visit me, I haven't had that kind of a clear, very vivid dream of her since then. So I I want to be able to increase the visitations. Well, I think it's a beautiful dream. I can feel the heartfelt uh, quality of it. It's just really... But it uh, seems silly uh, that she was asking me about cheese, you know, (laughs) tell me something like profound. Yeah, they don't. I, I, I in, 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 in studying these dreams, they don't always tell tell profound things, and they also treat uh, being at the other uh, side as uh, completely normal. Um, yet, uh, I, I believe there's an, an innate intelligence in why they uh, come and why they don't come. And so, if they don't come, uh, then there's some some reason for that. But what they what they are much easier and more willing to do is answer questions. Uh, is there any uh, unresolved issue uh, for you, uh, mom, that uh, I need to look at? Is there anything particular that you want to tell me? And then you get a dream, and you might have a dream about something that looks random, but then look at the storyline and think, if this is mom telling me uh, something, what is the story? Which emotions do I experience? And why would mom tell me this story and these emotions? And I'm very often, it's like, oh, that makes sense. Right, right. Then it'll make more sense. I mean, what I got from that particular dream was that everything was, she felt good. Everything was relaxed. Mm-hmm. It was, the scene was okay. We were yep. hanging out like in a wine bar situation eating cheese. So it seemed like everything was, everything was great. <laughs> you know, like that, that was the overall feeling. So which, I felt very positive. Is, yeah. Which is very beautiful. Plus uh, you might already have the, the sense that there's another, uh, that life goes on, but this was an, 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 I can see it as an experience that brings a certain conviction with it, that mom is on the other side and that uh, life does go on and that mom uh, is doing well. Those are, are, are very, very meaningful experiences. Yes, uh, very comforting at the time as well. Yeah. So I also wanted to ask you about the precognitive dreams, yeah. or dreams that give some foresight in the future. Of course, everybody wants that, right? To learn mm-hmm. how we can find out the lotto numbers or yeah, yeah. something like yeah. that, that would you know make our lives fabulous. I mean, do you feel that, how is that even possible? Like as a scientist, is it really possible for us to access future information that hasn't happened? Um, 
what it looks like is that uh, the seeds that are planted now and are very likely to blossom in the future can be predicted. So the, the, the precognitive if, uh, is, is, is often, oh, this is a rose seed. And so the dream can predict if things go on as, pre as planned, this is the outcome. So it's more based on the here and now that it can predict uh, the most likely outcome. What uh, the dream also, uh, and that's a crucial other element, the dream is really interested in helping you with your life path. Now, your life path might just not include winning the lottery. It might not add to your life. It might even distract from your life path. So your dream might uh, not uh, be uh, interested uh, to even answer that question because it would uh, maybe, and I don't think it's you, but let's say, uh, Johnny uh, uh, would uh, think, gosh, I have now millions and now I don't have to do my work anymore and this anymore. And so he would actually be uh, distracted from uh, any awareness practice that lies on his path. So uh, the, the dream is not uh, like the, 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 the genie in uh, Aladdin that just gives whatever. It, it, needs to, it needs to be relevant to your life path what Jung calls individuation, or in a way that you help your talent come into the world and, and be of service to others. Okay, so maybe not the lotto and not heading lotto. to a, I'm, I'm heading sorry. a visa. <laughs> <laughs> but it makes sense where it could, maybe that would totally derail you and you would go off in another direction and implode or, you know, yeah. have some horrible things happen based on that. So that, that does kind of make sense. Now, I, w I wanted to just ask you about a lucid dream. You don't really go into that a whole lot in the book, but I have read about lucid dreaming. And it's only happened to me one time where I realized in a dream that mm -hmm. this is a dream, yeah. you know, and like, I should wake up because this, this is frightening. I'm, I can't remember at that moment, but I remembered I knew I was in a dream. Yeah. And do you think that, ha have you been able to experience that and, and control a dream scenario in a lucid dream? Yes, I've had uh, at a, at a fair amount of lucid dreams, and what you say is the, the exact the definition of a lucid dream is being in a dream and being aware. Oh, I am in a dream, and a lot of really fascinating aspects uh, are coming from that because one is once once if you even if you go back to that dream, you will you you also said I'm in a dream, so the dream is a world or an environment that you find yourself in, in which you have an experience. So the dream is not a, a letter being sent to you from mystery source X that need to be deciphered, uh, with some interpretive method uh, take that uh, metaphor, but the dream is really a world. Uh, once you're in the dream, uh, you can uh, uh, do a lot of things, and it opens up to experiments. If, uh, if it happens again to you, I would suggest ask uh, the monster or whatever scary thing uh, was in your dream or the person that, uh, that, that uh, runs after you, turn towards it and ask, who are you? And, and then they will answer. Or why are you running after me? And uh, first of all, you're totally safe because it's a dream. Even if they chop you up in, in pieces, you will wake up in, in one piece in bed. But uh, uh, these dream characters often say startling things, like, I've been trying to reach you for so long, but you, you've been running away. 
and you go like, what? I thought that you wanted to hurt me. No, I want you to tell. I want to tell you X, Y, and C. And uh, uh, and you can do a lot of other experiments once you're you're lucid. You can do a lot of the things that that we do with this dream incubation before you go to bed. Ask the dream. You could uh, do in the dream and yell out, "Is there anyone with a message for me?" Or I I yelled out once, "I would like to experience unconditional love." And I was sapped in a state of unconditional love that lasted for a minute and, and went away and was was so profound. And, uh, and and those things we can do. And so everyone that gets uh, uh, prepared, because in the lucid dream, you, you're, you're not as sharp usually as in this reality. Think about what you want to experience or ask and then yell it out or ask dream characters who they are, what they do there, if they have something to tell you. And uh, it will it will blow your mind. It, it's pretty mind blowing. It's such an interesting state to find yourself in, and it's only it's only happened that that one time that I can remember of being aware, you mm-hmm. know, that I was dreaming. And I know, like I would, say, I'm sure if I said, "Oh, I want unconditional love," well, then the next day I'd probably get a dog or a cat or something like that. That would be my <laughs> answer. But uh, that it's so interesting to explore that. Um, yeah. That feeling or that state. So many cool things that you go over in the book. And I really want people to pick this up and give it a read because I found it so interesting. Okay. So b- before you go though, I have to ask you a couple of my dream recurring themes that show up in my dreams because yes, I'm because you're the guy, like you would know this. So one thing that I always dream about is an old job that I used to have was at Peaches Records, this record store when I was in high school and it was like the best job ever because you were the coolest kid if you worked at the record store. And then in the dream, it's always like, Oh, the re- the record store is gone. I- I'm longing for that period. So I-, I can kind of figure out that myself, but I guess like that, that store always comes up peaches records. Yes. Well then, then what, what you see it, it, in cap, it's, it's a, uh, the, the the peach record is is the clothed form of a state of energy and the state of energy how you describe it is it was a, a great place to work uh, it, I felt cool being at that place um, and and probably some other feelings that are very closely attached to that so that that, that it suggests that uh, you are searching at that moment in in life when that dream comes up, for a similar experience, some some place where you really feel fulfilled, where you really feel, oh, this is a great job. Uh, maybe you feel at home. And then you know that that experience is something that uh, uh, you're searching for. And sometimes it can be found in the outside world, but sometimes it's also figuring out where is the inner uh, record, Peach's record shop. Right. And, and, and how, how do I get back? back to a place where I feel really fulfilled. Right. Fulfilled and happy. And there's also sadness that, oh, the record store is kind of dead. You know, like that experience is not the same. Obviously people are downloading music. They're not going to a record store, but it's very wistful. Like, oh, I wish I could have that again. Okay. And then one more I'll ask you, alligators. Yes. What does that mean? (laughs) I've had some weird alligator dreams where, the alligator will be will 
will pass in the water and it'll yeah. see me. And then the alligator will turn around and like follow me. And do you feel uh, threatened by it or? Yeah. <laughs> and and you, you start swimming quick and is it, do you feel it's going to bite you? Or yeah, I feel that, it? oh, it saw me now. I got to get out of here. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, 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 uh, uh, I would, I would look at that as a bit in a structure, like you're in a river, you're uh, usually uh, swimming in the, in the field of the emotions and you encounter something that, uh, is scary. Uh, and that could be, maybe it's an aggressive, uh, the aggressive instinct or an aggressive, uh, something or something that is scary and you're afraid it can really hurt you. And then. Uh, in the day-to-day -day life, you could look at what what am I experiencing emotionally or in my life that feels like uh, that I'm afraid of and that I'm afraid that if it gets to me, it will really hurt me. So that would be, be part one. Part two would be uh, build a relationship with uh, the alligator. So maybe you make a drawing and you say, well, alligator, I'm actually happy you're here because I am about to uh, encounter all these uh, scary uh, feelings and uh, maybe you can go with me. So then you imagine alligator to be with you and together with alligator, you go into a meeting or you meet someone that is scary to you. And then the two of you walk together into that meeting and it will just give you a little bit more uh, confidence to have this energy and figure with you confronting something that's difficult. Ha, huh, that's, I like that. It's a good one. I, I have never thought to ask the alligator the question, you know, so I have to turn around, why are you following me? <laughs> Maybe it'll be an ally and it won't, it won't scare me. Um, you, that, you, that's you, you so can, interesting. You can turn it into an ally. Yeah. These dream figures, um, by, by engaging with them and relationship with them, they can, can be, can become supportive. Yeah. I want the alligator to be my ally, <laughs> not ah. to scare me. It's been so fun to talk with you about this work. I love what you're doing. So I hope people pick up the book. It's available right now. And what are your plans? Like, are you going to go out and teach, uh, you know, from the book or speak? Yes, I, I will. I, I, I'm crystallizing the plans now. It just came out. Uh, I have some talks on uh, the Jung platform about uh, about this book, and um, uh, the publisher Hay House has, uh, has some programs uh, in their app, and uh, then I uh, uh, will see where where the journey will take me. And um, but I would love to teach and to travel and meet people and talk dreams and follow and, your uh, dreams. Yeah. And follow wow. my dreams. Yes. I love the book, Dream Guidance, Connecting to the Soul Through Dream Incubation. And your website is Machiel Clerk, M-A-C-H-I-E-L-K-L-E-R-K.com. And is that the best place to find you? That's the best place. And uh, otherwise, uh, there's uh, some programs with me also on the Jung platform, J-U-N-G platform.com. And uh, yeah, people can find more about me there. Well, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with me today. Thank you, Diane. It was such a pleasure to be with a, a like-minded dreamer.
Hey, it's Radley Valentine. Join me for a brand new way of connecting with your angels on my new podcast, The Angel Tarot Show. Each week, you'll meet your angelic guides and guardians and find new ways to unlock unconditional love, tune into your intuitive abilities, and create the joy-filled life that, well, you've always wanted. Plus, you'll get a useful and timely energetic weather report, bringing you guidance for the coming week. Tap into the healing, hope, and guidance that's all around you on the Angel Tarot Show exclusively on mindbodyspirit.fm.